There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to episode 75 of Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episodes 1 through 5 of season 3 of 12 Monkeys. So this was kind of crazy the way they did this. Now we had talked about this in previous episodes that they were going to do the whole season over a weekend. Yes. Which I felt was really strange. But I mean, they have so many shows coming back. I can totally see why. And I know Steve and I were not able to watch it all at the same time because of our job. and. I don't know. Like, do you think this was good or not so great for them? What do you think? Well, I love the way it was put together. It felt like you had three different, you know, you watched a trilogy of movies over a weekend. So that was awesome. But I'm not 100% sure it was the success that they were hoping it was going to be. I don't know if it was because of the weekend. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They did four, three, and three. And it just seems like a lot. Now, I know a lot of people will binge watch shows when they drop on Netflix and Amazon and everything. I'm not one of those people. I can't just sit there and, and binge watch. Obviously, that's why it's taken me so long to get this show watched. <laughs> um, but I did love the show. So, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Let's drop it all at one time kind of thing. But I guess we'll see because you have some of the ratings. Oh, yeah. But uh, Live Plus 7 Day hasn't come out yet, right? Right, I haven't seen that yet. Okay, well, we'll get to the ratings in a minute, because Steve has found news for us, and it's something that we touched on previously, and we were wondering how this was going to play out. That's right, the hit horror franchise The Purge is coming to the small screen in the form of a new series at Sci-Fi in USA, and now we know a little more about what it will focus on. Turns out, not actually The Purge, at least not exactly. Deadline reports the Purge series will serve as an entirely new chapter in America's 12 hours of annual lawlessness by revealing to the fans what happens the other 364 days of the year and how the law affects people. So basically, it's set in the world of the Purge and focuses on how this night of lawlessness came to be and the effect it has on society. It's an interesting direction to take, and if they pull it off, could fill in some of the biggest gaps in the franchise. Like, you know, how the heck this actually works in a society and how it almost certainly screws people up. But don't worry, it'll still be true to what Purge fans have come to know and love. The show is being written, directed, and executive produced by the film franchise creator, James DeMonico. The series will also run as a lead-up to the new Purge film in 2018 because, you know, synergy. This is good, though, because this is the question that I think everybody had after the first one. Right. And the third one, because the third one at least gave you a little more flashbacks where the middle one didn't do that so much. But, like, we found out why in the third one the congressman, you know, became so anti-purge. You know, we learned that. So, I mean, you see little bits, but I wanted to know how the heck this even came to fruition. Like. What was behind the whole thing? So right. that's cool that we're going to learn a little bit. I don't know how much backstory we're going to get other than just the, this is what happens all these other days. How perfect is this society? So it should be interesting how they play this out. Yes. Oh, uh, fingers crossed. And interesting, like you had said before, it's going to be on two different, even though they're sister networks, they're two different networks. So we don't know how if they're running simultaneously or or... what it was because they were going to drop it pretty much the same way as 12 monkeys weren't they or had we we weren't sure at that time yeah we didn't know okay so i guess we hang on and uh hope for the best and see what happens it should be 
pretty cool, though, and especially if they're going to somehow tie it into the movie that's going to drop. So right. usually when they do that, it's really good and will like tie a lot of things up, even though it'll leave questions, because what good franchise doesn't leave you with some question? <laughs> yes. Example of this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. And Steve also got the ratings news. Like I said, it wasn't the Live Plus 7 yet. Right. But This is the same day. So episode one had a .16 in adults 18 to 49 with .585 million viewers. And it was rated the 67th overall cable show for the day. Episode two dropped to .12 in adults 18 to 49 with .399 million viewers, which was the 90th rated cable show. Episode three. 0.11 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.374 million viewers, which brought it in at 94th. Episode 4, which was the finale of the first night, 0.09 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.324 million viewers and came in at 104th. And then starting off the second night was episode 5, and it brought in a 0.1 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.397 million viewers which was rated 107th for that day. So you did really see the numbers, like, fluctuating a lot. Right. And I think the big thing, like you said, if they weren't there to start it, because there were, like, barely any commercials, which is good. Yeah, and the first first night they had, like, maybe three or four 30-second commercials. Yeah, they were really short. It was the same thing when I was watching anything on demand. Right. And I know I right. saw some people complaining about that. They couldn't get up and go to the bathroom even. <laughs> but yeah, you see the numbers kind of drop off because if you're coming home from work on Friday and or from dinner, whatever, if you're not able to catch it, it's not like it's going to repeat like in an hour or two. Right. Like usual. So I think that maybe what hurt us for the live day, but yes. I'm sure the plus seven is going to be a whole different story. Yes, I expect it will be. Okay. Well, we're going to go over the five episodes, and we'll do this semi-quickly as not to bore everybody. Yes. <laughs> because it was a lot. Uh, episode three, I'm sorry, season three, episode one was entitled Mother. In the apocalypse of 2163, a desperate soul, desperate Cole searches for Titan. Meanwhile, a captive Riley is faced with an impossible choice as the 12 monkeys await the arrival of the witness. Okay. So, so much was just, like, weaving through each storyline. It was, honestly, now that I've watched all all ten, I don't know why I was about to say twelve. It's twelve monkeys. It's kind of confusing. And when you look back, it's still one of those things that I'm like, did that happen? I wasn't quite sure. If I'm, like, projecting what I wanted to happen. One of those things happened to be with Cassie. (laughs) She had, and it's funny, I'm going to say this, a handmaid. and I'm looking at this girl like, who is that? Wait a second. I know her. And I couldn't yes. put my finger on it at first. Oh, no. And I want to say it it took basically to the end of the episode for me to realize that this was Dominique Provost Chocley, <laughs> who is in Winona Herb. Right. I just kept doing it. Because it, it's so weird when you see somebody from these other shows that you're like really into in a different character, just sounding a little different. Because she didn't really look different. I mean, obviously, like, the robes. But right. I'm staring at her going, wait a second, who is that? I know that face. And I didn't want to stop and, like, look it up. So, yeah, it was basically almost to the end before it dawned on me who she was. So I'm like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Especially yeah, since we do. Why don't I hurt? Yes. I know we love when all of our sci-fi people cross over. Yes. We got a couple of them this season. With 12 Monkeys. Yes, we did. Yeah. And we're going to have more in upcoming shows. Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure we're going to see art in Winona Earp coming up. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. All right. So, Cassie. Where shall we start with Cassie? Well, of course, she tries to um, escape with the help of Ariana, her handmaiden. But that doesn't quite work out too well. No, not for Ariana, at least. Right. Because we have weird stuff happening, and we're learning this more and more. And this episode so did it, because she tried to escape, and all of a sudden, Ariana doesn't make it. But 
I, I felt so bad because, you know, she's like, here, take this. This is for my mother. I don't remember my mother. She's giving her like this little piece of, piece of cloth or something. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. And she's like, everybody needs to remember their mother. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. And I'm like, that's really sad. Crap, something's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, right? There's just that whole thing of doom. Because Cassie is stuck in Titan. And we've seen that last episode. Well, last season, I should say. And what do they want with her? Well, apparently she's an incubator is the best way to put it. Because we find out she's carrying the witness. And they're like treating her really nice to a point. Right. She can't do what she wants, but at least she is being fed and being kept in a rather reasonable room, shall we say. Right. She wasn't in, like, a prison cell. Right. And Cassie, even, assumably with a little help, she's going to look down on the, I don't know, the Army of the Twelve Monkeys, all these people who are believers, and they don't see her until she lets herself be seen, and she's like, Basically, screw you, I'm going to kill myself, in which case it will kill the witness, and you'll all be screwed, and you're here for nothing. And she right. jumped. And I, I was like, what the hell is happening? Seriously, I was like, what? And, well, this weird creepy woman who is, what's her name? Um, Magdalena. She had the creep factor down. Like, Oh, perfect. extremely. And, extremely. And resting bitch face. Yes. Like, oh, man, that was spot on. <laughs> I really and hope that woman does not look like that. I didn't recognize her either. Oh my she, god! Yes, she played Cersei Lannister's prosecutor in the last couple of seasons of the Game of Thrones. Shame. Shame. <laughs> oh, holy crap. I did not. Not until I read what you put. Holy crap. Yeah. Amazing. You know what? Lipstick makes a difference. I'm just saying. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I need to start wearing lipstick. Maybe I'll look like a whole different person. But, like, she does. She has this weird vest on. And all of a sudden, she, like, turns the button and grabs Cassie and pops back in, like, and everything's fine. And suddenly, time has turned back. Now. Right. Yeah. She turned back time to where we actually open the scene and see her trying to be fed. And this time, instead of coming in and being at least semi-human to her, she comes in and she kills Ariana immediately and says, well, you're not going to get any of this good stuff anymore. That was it. Yeah, the freak man just walks in. I'm like, what just happened? Now, I don't, I wasn't 100% sure. Did Cassie remember everything that happened? Yes. Okay. See, I wasn't And she sure. was just as, as surprised realizing she was back where she was. It's like, how did I get, I was falling and all of a sudden I'm back here. What the frick happened? Okay. <laughs> That's why I wasn't 100% since she wasn't wearing the vest. But at the same time, she's had whatever happened. So when she travels through time, she'll remember any changes. So I just wanted to confirm that's what had happened. And then we also had a gentleman by the name of Malik. Yes. Who apparently has been in another sci-fi show by the name of Warehouse 13. Maybe you know it. And And awesome Eddie McClintock was in it. I want Eddie to just pop up in, in like, next season of 12 Monkeys. I just need, like, a lot of our sci-fi people to (laughs) pop up randomly. And he seems like he's maybe on our side, but not really. I don't know. Right. Yeah, there was, it was hard to tell where he was coming from because he did kind of try to be a little more humane to Cassie. And as the series goes along, he he appears to be more helpful at getting people out of Titan, but... I trust no one. Exactly. And, of course, we have Cole, who is not about to give up on finding Cassie. And you see him get more and more almost manic about it. Yes. Like, he's taking these, I don't know, poles, I don't even know what they were, to try to detect, like, the jumps. And he's just, like, Well, he was actually trying to tie into um, Titan's temporal signature. Okay. And they had been covering quite a bit of the world. And, of course, he he did get a blip on one near Syracuse. And, of course, Jones is really getting on him about this isn't the mission. We're supposed to be going after the witness. Cassie isn't the mission. You're acting like a rabid dog. And we find out he's been drinking red tea at night. Right. That's and you go, not hmm, good for his brain. No. <laughs> Not at all. 
So I felt like that was like a really good setup with everything. And then we have suddenly we kind of go backwards. And I have to say this, in my opinion, was the best scene ever. (laughs) Yes, it was was pretty good. It was all of those punctuations and pauses for a reason. Because Jennifer, we know, got popped back in World War One, and she's in a trench, and all of a sudden the Germans are taking over the trench. And what's happening? And they're, like, walking around, killing everybody. And so she kind of starts freaking out, and next thing you know, she's singing 99 says Blooms. And as she's singing, like, everything changes in the, in the trench. I, don't, I shouldn't be laughing, because it's horrible. No, but, but it was hilarious. Like, all of a sudden the Germans are not shooting... People, they're shooting like balloons. Balloons. And like. <laughs> Full of graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one big party. Confetti popping. And she's just dancing and they're like, they come up to her as she's singing this and they're like, she's crazy. I kind <laughs> of like her. Maybe she'll yeah. live. It was insane. And I'm sorry, but I thought that was just the funniest, most random thing. And I'm like, well, I shouldn't be laughing this hard, but it was really <laughs> funny. Oh, it was awesome, and Emily just knocked it out of the park. I want to know if she was really singing, because it, it kind of sounded like her, but you know, you never, yes. never 100% sure. You never know. Yeah, right. <laughs> you never know. And then suddenly, though, she has a vision of the four horsemen, and she realizes this is the beginning. This is the beginning of it all. Right. She's at the beginning. But that is not all that we learned. Oh, no, because... As Cole prepares to make another trip, Jones demands that Hannah go with him, even though Hannah did not want to have any part of it because she was enjoying her uh, daughter's fight club too much. (laughs) But she goes, and of course, Cole gets back to the one that had originally signified that it may have found Titan and then never made another noise, and... Oh, we came all the way out here for a dead battery. But he bangs on it as the always the best fix is banging the hell out of it. And uh, isn't that how you get everything that the battery may not be working? You like shake it. That's me. Oh, yeah. Works every time. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, it comes back to life and Cole has found his way to Titan course hannah was not having any part of it we need to go back and get troops and get prepared the two of us will get killed cole doesn't care and of course she's got the uh, syringe so they can drag him back if they have to the scuffle ensues and of course cole is able to get the that was pretty slick though because syringe and stick her with it yeah because she didn't even realize it no. He goes, say hi to your mother for me. Poof, she's gone. You know she was pissed. Oh, yes, extremely. But it it was good because it set up that there's more to come. And, well, as Cole is running to Titan, as we knew he would to try to get Cassie, um, he starts fighting somebody who's all covered up, and he's got one of the weird vests that we've seen earlier. Right. It's like, And he keeps oh, go ahead. disappearing and then reappearing in another location yeah and i'm like what the heck is happening i was i was pretty excited because there's some new kind of tech and what's that gonna say for you know what's that gonna do for us right or against us that's true and suddenly other weird stuff happens and yeah he blips out and cole continues his way to titan gets there so close to cassie yes and sees that yes cassie is right there her escape just had failed and he started to make a run towards Malik and his men and the guy in the cape shows back up and grabs him and they disappear and, uh, and you go what the right is going on here because then suddenly they're at the hotel the emerson and who is this guy well lo and behold it's cole and i'm sitting there going wait a minute how did yeah how did that how do you touch it what is going on i can't trust anything (laughs) it was so weird and we find out that the vests are like personalized splinter machines that that's actually what's saving them from having a a crap paradox thank you (laughs) like blanking on the word and 
it helps but doesn't completely stop it is the way he said it. So he's like, don't get too close because it doesn't mean right. it's going to be a hundred percent. But he's like, listen, Jennifer's the key. You have to go back. And you know, he gives them some words, Athens, the gin and causality, which is basically for Jones, but it goes on and on and he pops out. He's like, take this, go. This is what's needed. Cause he gives them the watch. Right. And then you have all of a sudden, Cassie come out of the back. And I'm like, what the, what the hell yeah. is happening? <laughs> I was so confused there, but that's how they leave you kind of hanging in episode one. It's like, okay, here, we set this up. Good luck, cause shit's going crazy. Right. And future Cole actually tells present Cole that he is the future Cole. So at l- least we know that the Cole in the cape was traveling back into the past. And you go, okay. Gonna make my so, head hurt if I think about it too long. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, when we do see the future Cassie, a lot of people goes, Oh, she looks so much older. And no, she had a one gray streak in her hair. See, I didn't even think she looked older. That's why I'm like, I'm confused. No, she What's didn't. happening? I didn't even know right. it was a gray streak, to be honest. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I went back, you know, after everybody said, Oh, she looks so much older, I rewatched it and no, she didn't look that any like she was fifty years older than Cole at the time. Mm-hmm. Just she had a gray streak in her hair. Okay. Oh, what does this mean? Oh, let's go to episode two. All right, episode two, The Guardians, while searching for Jennifer Goines in post-World War One France, Cole and Jones encounter a dangerous group of time travelers, The Guardians. Now, this was weird because it starts with, thankfully Jennifer at least had known French so or, and learned more apparently along the way, but right. she looks like this little homeless pauper and she's writing, what, postcards? Yes. Trying, and I love this. Trying to get this priest to help me. She's like, no, you have to help me. You're a priest. You have to send these in what, 80 years or something? 95 years. He's like, we're all going to be dead. Then have God do it. I was cracking up. It's like, oh, crazy Jennifer. But she's trying to figure out how to get this information to the future so they can come back and help her. Well, right. it was great because finally, and you feel like this had to be happening for quite some time for her. Yes. She, ends up finding a way to do it where she gets on stage so she performs these little one-person plays and they're pretty popular and she does some great ones what did she do she did aliens et yes um jaws Jaws, um some charlie chaplin i'm like i can't even remember all of them right and then she tried to do basically the story of the 12 monkeys right and the the theater owner is like nobody's gonna understand that do annie again it's like, oh, okay, well, now we know she did Annie at one point. But somehow, like, Cole and Jones ends up finding Jennifer, which I still right. think Be- is interesting. Well, the thing is, is future Cole handed present Cole a piece of paper that was the picture of Jennifer, and the headline was that this J.D. Holmes or whatever she had used as a stage name was wanted for the murder of her... Um, that's right. The, oh, the theater, theater owner. Yeah, okay. And that's how Cole got the information as to where to find Jennifer. Which, that was crazy, because apparently Jennifer had been trying all this time. She even had a record that went out, <laughs> I guess. That's a couple of records. <laughs> and the one was Jones Come Get Me. <laughs> yeah. Like it I'm still much. stuck in 1921, and... Uh, where are you? Yeah. And poor Jennifer, though. She was mad. And, you know, she almost gets killed because she's still doing all her drawings and the whole 12 monkey thing. Well, if they're there, they're going to find you because they don't want somebody else to know. Right. And thankfully, Jones and Cole come in to stop the Guardian from killing Jennifer. And then, of course, Jones gets all like, ooh, look at what is this vest? You know, it's like you're you're going off track here. Pay attention. Right. And, of course, Cole really is on her case about what happened to Cassie, what happened to Ramsey. And Jennifer kind of gets bent about it. Well, she'd been alone for how many years? Five years. Yeah. So, yes, she and I tend to agree with her that, you know, Cole was being very cold and and Jennifer just said no uh, 
she even mentions, yeah, my next act is Gone Girl. Right. So, thankfully, she has a change of heart, but it's only because she ends up seeing one of the people that were in, in one of her visions. Right. One of her drawings. The lady with the, the umbrella. Parasol. Yes. But she actually doesn't go back to get Jones and Cole. She follows the person. Well, right. is this a good thing, a bad thing? Probably never a good thing when Jennifer is doing something on her own. Thankfully, Jones and Cole find something in the other other Guardian's vest. Yeah, he actually had an ID. Which apparently which is very was, unusual. Yes. <laughs> For 1921, yeah. Sure, they weren't uh, required to have uh, government-issued IDs. <laughs> well, they follow it to the address, and lo and behold, look it, we find the other Guardians. And you think things are going well, almost, because they take out... Well, they've taken out two of the Guardians. The third one, they managed to get last minute because of Jennifer and her distraction, which is kind of funny. This is my distraction. Song, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. All right, Jennifer, we need to have a better song. I don't know. Right. But, but both Jones and Cole get hit in the exchange of gunfire. Cole in the foot and I think Jones in the shoulder. But Cole ends up going into the, the apartment sees something which we're assuming is like a I don't know a cradle it's a an ark a box I don't know, I, I don't know how to explain it like <laughs> right it's a box well he goes for it and then oh well look who shows up Magdalena yeah Magdalena it's like who are you well we'll never have met so don't worry about it zip zip everything yeah after she shoots him a couple of times That's first true. in the chest and she goes oh you're not gonna die you're just not gonna know that we ever met and Zips back into the past to tell her past self that in three months, Cole and Jones are going to find them. So they are able to move. And of course, that rewrites everything. And Jones and Cole ends up back outside the theater. So, again, weird stuff happening because now they're starting to learn what's going on. Right. And... Cole does hear a baby crying as he's trying to get to the box to see what's in it. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that throws them all off, saying, well, what kind of bomb would, you know, what? why would a human be there? This is supposed to be the thing that destroys the world. And Not thinking, oh, it could be the witness. Right. Now, let's flash forward to Titan. And we have Cassie and... Malik is talking to her and being nice to her. And it's like, here, I can help you escape when the time is right. And he takes her to the witness shrine, which is all these different things that were the witnesses. So you have like the grandfather clock. You have a little pocket watch. You have the mask, the plague mask that we've seen, but it's not quite the same plague mask. Right. And it's just like, okay, what's going on? You have like leaves of red on a vine all over. And she's talking to him. And she's just like, listen, you, you have to be patient, which kills me with the be patient. Right. But he takes her up, like, up high where she can see what's happening. And we see the guardians, you know, carrying in, like I said, you said the box, I'd say like a cradle at arc kind of thing. And it right. has her son in it. And the pallid man, the pallid man. <sighs> and he's doing this whole spiel and he's like, okay. And these guardians will take him and teach him through time. Right. And she's upset. And you know she wants to cry out, but thankfully she doesn't. Yes. And they zip off through time. And we don't know where. Well, we kind of do, but do we now? Do we really? Right. No. Yeah, we assume that they went to 1921 France. Right. Originally. Now, of course, it was interesting that we hear... This in the second episode that Palaman says we are all products of the great Jin. And we hear, we heard future Cole mention Jin when he's talking to present Cole. So I had to do some digging and found out that Jin is supernatural creatures, i.e. genies in early Arabian and later Islamic mythology and theology. So apparently the army of the witness are kind of tying their religion into this Arabian and Islamic mythology. So I wonder if that's so, what the symbols are supposed to be that, like, Jennifer right, can't read. Right, that they're trying to figure out. Hmm. Very well could be. Interesting. 
Then we have a whole nother thing playing out. We have Ramsey and Olivia in 2046. So like we had found out previously, Ramsey, when all the weird stuff was happening, the different time streams were zipping people around. Ramsey's son got zipped somewhere and we didn't know. But Ramsey ends up in 2046 and Olivia's like, I can take you to your son. And he's a, a man now. He's all grown, and she's like, I've kept him safe for you and kept him from Yeah, for 23 years. And I still don't believe it. Like, I don't believe Olivia. She's got way too much crap. She's always got plots and schemes. Yes, she does. But, you know, Ramsey's like, I want to see my son. What's going on? Well, they finally get to the compound, but the witnesses' men had hit the compound. And leave a note for Olivia, like, stuck to a tree, which we have no idea what it says. No, and we don't, but it's very foreboding, shall we say. I figured it was something like, quit helping or you'll die. He'll wholly erase you from time or something, but... Right. We have no idea. But Ramsey does get to see his son. Of course, his son is dying, so, again, not so great. Now, what I thought was extremely fascinating was I found out that this whole scene with Ramsey and Sam was not written the way it ended up being shot. Really? Yes. The day that it was to be shot, Kirk Acevedo came up to them and said, this is really, let's try this instead. It'll be more powerful instead of the way it was written. And they pulled it off, and that's the way it ends up on film, is he ends up having to... um, Kill his son with his own hands. Yeah, that was... Oh. Oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. That just... Oh, you, you could feel his pain. Yes, and... Oh, so good. Well, Olivia's like, listen, we can do something about this. We can make this worthwhile. Which kind of takes right. us into the next episode, episode three. Well, they show up at the compound yes. at the end of the episode, and you go... Oh, this is not going to be good. <laughs> and then episode three, enemy bonds of trust are tested when Ramsey returns the facility with an old enemy held captive. How far will Cole and Jones go for the answers they need? Well, everybody's leery about this because they don't know what happened to Ramsey. They don't know why he's there with Olivia. Exactly. And I mean, honestly, you can't trust either one, right? At this point. Ramsey could have switched sides because he's been gone for so long. But was he gone, gone? We don't know. Obviously, they're leery. They're like, okay, listen, we have to to try to figure out why they're here. So they offer up Olivia. It's like, here, just talk to her. You can do whatever. It's fine. But she tells... I'm sorry. There's so many she's in here. I have to be specific. Jones (laughs) tells Cole, you can't talk to Ramsey first because how, you know, you guys call each other brothers. Right. You know, how can you be completely like honest with what's happening? It, right. Not put your feelings and objective on your decision about Ramsey. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Could they? Could they ever do that? No. I think that that was probably one of the smartest things Jones did was say, I'll go talk to Ramsey. You go talk to Olivia. Mm-hmm. And, and sure enough, Jones goes in thinking Ramsey's a, an enemy. Mm-hmm. That was smart. But uh, yes, very smart. But then, of course, once Ramsey tells her the story of how the witness basically killed his son, that's all, jo- you know, Jones knows that feeling, having lost Hannah for so long that she just buys right into it. Right. I mean, Jones even, like, tests Olivia, has all this stuff happen. You know, they, they create a cage for her. Right. And that was awesome. Right. But they find out that, you know, she's immune to the plague. She is almost invincible because obviously at some point Jennifer goes to talk to her too. She's like, I pushed you into a pool and you, you're getting up and you're walking around now. Right. You survived. Right. Yeah. Cause it was an empty pool and she broke her back, but apparently it doesn't matter because, you know, Olivia's like, I'm not going to be stopped. Forget all of you. Yeah. Very much have to cut I'll off her head. Back. I don't know. Yeah, Terminator. Yeah. But, of course, Olivia tries to play on their um, feelings as well by mentioning that, yes, she was the little girl in 61 that they left behind. 
when they... Oh, yeah, when they they ended up... Were they going to kill the kid or grab the map? And they kind of split. Ramsey took part yeah, of the Yeah, they were map. trying to stop the professor, yeah. And Ramsey ends up tearing off part of the map. And then we have this whole problem. Because, yeah, you have Cole like, all right, this isn't going to work because you're trying to torture her. And it was some pretty serious torture. Oh, yeah, because Jones basically tells her that, yeah, when you splinter, it happens so fast, your brain doesn't have enough time to realize that it's been ripped apart and put back together. But she goes ahead and changes the settings, so Olivia will feel that pain and just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and, oh, and even Hannah goes up to Jones and says, no, no, this is, no, we don't do this. So Cole does something interesting. Yeah. He snags her and they disappear and he's taken her three months into the past, gone down to the basement and left her in a dark room. And apparently that was enough to break Olivia. At least she seemed so pretty. So Yeah, she seemed pretty messed up. But Jennifer's warning, you know, She's a chameleon. She's what she wants you to see when she wants you to see it. Right. And has never been anywhere that she didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because it's like, okay, is she really helping? Has she really been broken? We'll find out. Right. And, of course, the hint that, well, not the hint, the information that Olivia does give up is there is one point in time where it would be possible to kill the witness and it's in 2007 conveniently mm-hmm. and so of course jones decides that ramsey and cole are going to take on this uh, task of killing the witness but before we get there really quick we have deacon who is not dead shocker right. nobody expected that <laughs> he's uh he's really hurt but Apparently, he's kind of hidden away in a cell in Titan, being helped by Malak, which is why it's like, okay, is Malak actually helping us? Is right. He's one of the good guys. Yeah. But he also is having, like, doubts himself, because why would this guy help us, right? But exactly. But take it for face value, because he is giving you meds, he's giving you food, and he's sewing you up. Yeah. But that kind of brings us then to episode four. Go ahead. Episode four, Brothers. Ramsey and Cole splinter to 2007, expecting either a trap or a final chance to kill the witness. But when Cole discovers a heartbreaking truth, he'll discover that the mission was both. Oh, okay. Like you were saying, Cole and Ramsey splinter back. They have weapons. Well, they have to get weapons. Right. And we have some bad puns happen because of the weapons. (laughs) Yeah, there was some really bad ones. Uh, But it was funny. So, I mean, can't be that bad, right? Right. Uh, they get their guns, they they head off. Well, they're supposed well, to they, meet. Yeah, they, right. They were supposed to meet up because the hit that they had going to get the weapons, another group came up or back up or whatever, and so they decide to split up. Cole is successful in getting the weapons, but Ramsey disappears. And where And did Cole he go? doesn't find him, yeah. Well, Cole heads back to the Emerson. Because, well, that's where they're supposed to be, right? Right. And waits. And Ramsey and ends up somewhere completely unexpected. Yeah. He was at the hospital that Cassie was working at. Right. And he suddenly pages, hey, we need help out in ER. Could you send down Dr. Riley? Okay, why is he doing this? Well, one thing leads to another, and he's following this person who has blonde hair, and it's like, oh, crap. Wait, that's Cassie. Right. And... Uh, Suddenly, he shoots this person, and then I'm freaking out. I don't know about you. I'm like, oh my god, he killed Cassie. But then it's not Cassie. Right. We know he's not there to do something good. No. But at the same time, I understand that's when you go back to kill the witness. You kill him before they were able to be Even born. Right. Because Olivia knew that Cole and Cassie were the parents of the witness and told Ramsey. Which was messed up. Yeah, very messed up. And Ramsey goes back to the hotel and he's like, you know, this whole big thing about, oh, no, I, I went to go see my mom, but I didn't go up to the door. So, I mean, Cole's like believing this and he's like, why don't you go see Cassie? And he's like, no, I don't even know her yet. 
Right. And Ramsey's like, well, I got to see my mom from afar. It was enough. Maybe that'll be enough. Yeah. And and where would Cassie be, by the way? Right. Because that didn't and sound Cole, weird. of course, tells her exactly where she was supposed to be. And you kind of go, uh, Cole, I hope you're smarter than this. But, of course, they end up splitting up to um, have a better chance of killing the witness. Except that's not where Ramsey's going. Yeah, and I think Cole always knew. He gave him a fake, fake place to go. Right. So, unfortunately, Cole has to confront Ramsey because he's at a place that had nothing to do with Cassie and everything to do with Ramsey and Cole. Because it was something about when they were younger, there was like a food bank that they were going to try to, I don't know, see if there was any actual food in there. And Cole had gotten grabbed by somebody. Ramsey ends up saving him. And that was the first time Ramsey calls him brother. Well, come full circle. And this is where Ramsey's telling Cole, I was going to kill her. I was going to stop it now before anything happened. I'm a little heartbreaking, but then uh, Cole ends up killing Ramsey. Right. After Ramsey tells him that he is the father of the witness. Because at this point, Cole didn't know. No, he did not know that Cassie was pregnant. Well, he knew Cassie was pregnant, but he didn't know that That their son was going to be the witness. Right. So, I mean, that's got to be horrible. Yeah. And so after Ramsey dies, Cole splinters back and he's about to kill Olivia because Olivia is the only person that could have turned Ramsey against him. Right. And alarms go off. So not so much. Yeah. Saved by uh, the machines yeah. firing up. Uh, so Jennifer visions again, always, always with these visions, always with the pictures, not being able to understand it. Right. I love that she even goes to try to talk to Olivia to see if Olivia can help her. But Olivia, you know, didn't tell Jones everything because she needed kind of a get out of jail free card. Yeah. That being the map, the word of the witness, which Ramsey had seen. Jennifer kind of knows about because she she's seen it because she that's what she knew when she was going to die. I think she's seen it at the house too, where the house where she ends up pushing Olivia. Right. So. She knows that there's another way. Well, you know, Jennifer's also like, I know what's going on. I'm on to you. And if anything happens to Cole, you're going to die. Because these girls here, they still listen to me. They're going to shoot you down. (laughs) But that's not all. Because Deacon. No. Deacon. Wow. He's got some serious psychological issues happening. Yeah. Dealing with Daddy dearest in his head while he tries to recover and regain his strength. But that drives him yes. to do that. And he does manage to make himself stronger. And ultimately, that's what he needs to have happen so he can try to get out. Well, Malik is like, all right, listen, I'm going to tell you how to get to Cassie. You go there, you get her out. And it's like, well, okay, but uh, where are we? You know, is this going to help? <laughs> well, he ends up doing it. He gets Cassie out. And then they find what was left of the compound. Right, which wasn't much. So it was destroyed. But all of a sudden, there's something on a wall that wasn't there before. Right. It was a butterfly. It's a flutterby. Which we have seen a couple of times. Of course, it was the brooch that Cole gave Cassie for Christmas Mm -hmm. back in 59. And we also saw it again in the first episode. As Ariana put it in Cassie's hair, and that's what she used as a weapon. Yes. Because it was kind of a butterfly letter opener. <laughs> so this just keeps coming up. I'm assuming butterfly transformation, that sort of thing. Right. So, well, they dig there. It's like, okay, that wasn't there. So what could it possibly be? Hey, look, there's a way home. Yes. <laughs> because it's one of the vests, which is awesome. No, oh, no, it, it was two uh, syringes. Yeah, yeah, it was the syringes. Oh, I think it was the vest and having a moment. Yeah. But <laughs> activates them and bam, they're back where they need to be. And I seriously think Cole was going to have a heart attack scene her, which is great. Yes. But of course, as soon as she gets off and they look at each other, some fantastic acting by both of them because they didn't say a word and you knew what Cole was asking her. And you saw what she was telling him. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> yes. 
All right, let's get to episode five before I get become CI Panda. Right. Causality. Out of time and in need of answers, Jennifer and Deacon are sent to 1989 to steal a sacred document. Can Rayleigh and Cole get to the word first before it reveals the one secret they want kept? Oh my god, this was great because... This was an awesome episode. Jennifer... And we kind of needed it with with all the tension of the first four. Yes, yes. We needed this type of episode to kind of go, exhale. Because Jennifer decides to dress everybody because it's the 80s and she's super excited, which is funny because we have her... Pretending to be her mother, like the big dynasty hair and poofy sleeve right. dress. And she has Cole dressed like Marty McFly, Deacon dressed like um, Miami Vice. And then yes. uh, she has um, Cassie dressed Cassie. kind of a uh, Debbie Gibson. Yeah. I just thought it was so cool. And I loved it. And I'm like, okay, I know we didn't wear that much, did we? It's like trying to think yeah. back. It's like, God, is that what it was? Maybe. <laughs> but i mean cole and cassie make that ultimate decision not to tell jones that the witness is their son because she doesn't know what they're going to do so for all we know if they tell her she's going to go back have somebody go back in time and kill both cole and cassie before right. it even happens yes absolutely which that would make sense but i mean basically if they're at this point can they change that that's a whole different question because that's very timey-wimey right but they're going to try to get this and at least hide that point from from Jones. Well, right. Jennifer ends up being the one who finds out because Jennifer had not known, yes. which is surprising with everything that she knows being a primary. She did not know this. Right. So she ends up getting her hands on the map or the word of the witness makes copies because the point was to try to get into the future, make copies, bring it back. Didn't work out so well. No. <laughs> because the cops, well, no, the cops didn't get there. Her father, or in this case, playing her husband because she's playing her mom. Okay, it's time to get really weird here. Yeah. Uh, he shows up, but she has Deacon, like, okay, distract everybody. So he's, like, robbing everyone. But as Jennifer's father is sitting there with little Jennifer. Yes. Jennifer, little Jennifer is kind of like, oh, this is kind of funny. And he's like, can't you be normal? And I have to love Deacon right here because like he gives little Jennifer like a ruby ring that he took off somebody and he's like, Ooh, sparkly. Oh, and something you remember, right. your dad's an asshole. It's like, wow, yeah. nice. And she just kind of laughs. But weirdly enough, Olivia is in the same area. She looks at yeah. little Jennifer and little Jennifer's scared of her. Do you think at this point, little Jennifer has seen Olivia in visions? It wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, it, it was a very Keystone-ish uh, cop episode where whatever could go wrong did go wrong. Of course, because Jennifer shows up and they're trying to get into this auction. They decide that, yes, uh, they have something to auction. So they have to go get Leland's most treasured car and get it to the auction and have the uh, security guards accept it with Cole and Cassie in the trunk under cover. Because it was a, was it Bugsy Siegel's car? during right. boot, like Doing Prohibition. So there's like secret places to hide everything. Right. Yeah. So really kind of fun. And it just went back and forth. And of course, because Jennifer just goes absolutely bonkers at the auction. Oh, yeah. Jennifer's buying up, like, everything. She's like, I'm stress bidding. Everything. Yeah. She's even bidding against herself. It's like, uh, you don't know how this works, do you? Right. But, of course, because she's bidding on the painting that has the um, hidden map in it, the lady who's running the auction notifies Olivia. So she has to show up instead of doing it offline. It's awesome as soon as she walks in and Deacon sees her, it's Ghoster. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was great. But I was like, wait, doesn't she know them? Because um, then I start, again, timey-wimey. It's like, wait, which That's version right. does yeah. she know? Yeah, it wasn't until 2016 that they met. So 
She hadn't met them in 2007. Uh, it was very confusing. Yes, and of course, because Jennifer has already overspent her mother's credit limit, they have to call Leland and get him there. Yeah, that was bad. And of course, Olivia sends her goons to the back to retrieve the painting. And of course, Cole and Cassie have to fight him. And they actually beat the guys up. But when they come back, the painting's gone. And you get this, well, you said it was right here. Well, it was right here. And that's when Jennifer gets her hands on it, makes the copy, thankfully. And even better, manages to accidentally have her hand where the information about Cole and Cassie being the witness's parents are. Right. So Jones is grateful that they have all the information, but a little peeved about whatever was covered, but not so much because they have way more than they ever had before. Right. Now, of course, we failed to mention at the first of the episode when Jennifer comes up with this plan in her head, we see Olivia basically channeling Jennifer Goins during her description of the oh, heist. Yeah, that was pretty funny. How awesome was and that? It, like shocks herself. That was <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, that was so good. Was. And Allison Down had it cold. Yeah, it was great. It, I mean, because they were they were going to have to, you know, do all this post production work to make it actually come out. No, no. Allison did such a good job of it. It, it just they just filmed it, and yes, we got it. And I did think it was great too in this one when Jones tells Jennifer that's a really good idea, and she's like, "Wait, what? Like, yeah, it was." <laughs> You know, kind of excited. Yes. So it leads us through, like, this insanity of the first five episodes. And it just keeps hyping up, you know, like, what's next? What's next? Next gear, next gear. So the next episode of 12 Monkeys will be us talking about the last five episodes. Where things <laughs> really get you know, wonky. Which we won't spoil anything. Yes. So hopefully you've watched them all by now. So, as we're not going to spoil anymore... We'll just ask you to rate and review us at iTunes. Good ratings always help other fans find find the show. And, you know, tell your friends. We really do hope you're enjoying the con the podcast, the content. All of it. You can find us at www.fangirlzone.com. You'll find all of our info there for our Twitter, our Facebook, our email, which is fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. Definitely email us. Tell us what you think, how you felt it was with them dropping all of them in one single weekend. Like, do you think that was good? Do you think it's bad? Uh, I don't know, because I think there's more to come the same way. We'll see how that, you know, fleshes out. Right. How season four, how they finish it. So we'll see. We'll talk to you soon about the rest of 12 Monkeys. So until then, I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. Turns out the key to the universe is chock full of nuts. And until next time. <laughs>